Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. We bring greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we want to thank God because despite all odds, the word of God is still getting to you. I know that tonight, by the power of God's spirit, you will never be the same again. Let's just bow down our heads to pray. Everlasting Father, anoint your word once again as we continue in this series of Believer's Authority. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. Once again, just as a word of encouragement, that weeping indeed may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Someone was asking me sometime today, or whether it was yesterday, he said, uh, uh, how come uh, this thing was coming and uh, we didn't have warning, so to speak? Uh, you know, word of prophecy, uh, for example, a prophetic church like ours that receives words and all that, that no words of prophecy came as an element of surprise, so to speak. Well, it might be a surprise to humanity, but it's not a surprise to our God. Nothing takes our God by surprise. And I want you to know something because even while studying this series of the Believer's Authority, one of the things that I came in contact with is the fact that it is because God knows we can handle it. If God did not know we can handle it, he would, or maybe we are deficient in the capacity of handling it, he would have sent a warning, he would have sent prophets, he could have sent some other things to help us or to equip us to be in control. But I want you to know that God knows you can handle it. He has given you the power. He has given you the authority. He has given you his name. He has given you the power in the blood. He has given you the authority to stand on his word to make sure you overcome. So, beloved, I want to encourage you today. God knows because he said there is no challenge. There is no temptation. There is no militation from the pit of hell that is not common to man. He said, with, he knows about it, number one. Number two, with it, it will make a way of escape for you. So I want you to know that God is in the know. There is no shaking for you. God is in the know. He knows about it, and you are coming out. You are coming out strong. You are coming out better than before coronavirus ever visited the surface of the earth. Come on, let me hear you say amen from your various homes. Amen. Praise God. Today we are continuing our series on the Believer's Authority, Part 6. Believer's Authority, Part 6. Believer's Authority, Part 6. And today I'll be emphasizing two aspects of our spiritual authority. I want to thank God for the series that we have been taking all the while. Time will not permit me to go over the things we have studied over time uh, because I'm very conscious of time this awesome evening so that we can finish on time. I would like to go through the message itself. For those of us who are joining us for the first time, uh, you can please visit our app, visit our social media platforms, visit even our YouTube TV, uh, you see Royal House uh, TV there. You just visit there and you can catch up on all these series on Believer's Authority. Just type Royal House 
believers' authority, and you can catch up with the things we have shared so far. It has been a very powerful series. God has even been preparing us even before the, this pandemic, pandemic showed up. He had been so faithful, prepared us for such a time like this to exercise our God-given authority. Once again, I prophesy over your life, you're coming out stronger than when this ever came. Like the word of God said, he said, if the devil had known, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. If he had known that you would come out stronger, perhaps he would have restrained his hand. Let me hear a good amen. So we're going quickly to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. And we are going to read through to 13. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other translations, it's against the tricks the devil has to display. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. The scripture is saying here that you should take on the whole hammer. Don't take some and leave some. Take all the hammer. Why? So that in the day, in the evil day, you may be able to withstand the devil. You might be able to resist the devil. What is an evil day? An evil day could be like the days we are experiencing now. Days of pandemic. An evil day could be the day of seasons of contradiction, where hosts of hell, of spiritual wickedness in her places, concentrate on a man, concentrate on a family, just waging war, where sometimes curses, sometimes evil divination that has been laying in wait against an individual, and so on and so forth, or orchestration from the pit of hell, attack of the enemy, so that you can stand and not fall in the evil day. The Bible says we should take on the whole armor of God. God has prepared all you a long time ago. Come on, say it to your neighbor at home, or whether on the couch next to you, or if you're alone, say it to yourself that the Lord has prepared me a long time ago. A long time ago. Say, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. And after this, verse 13, we begin to see all the armor of God being listed. There are six of them being listed there. We're going to get there soon. Six of them being listed. One is offensive. That is, you can attack the enemy with it. The remaining five are defensive. They are to protect you. Come on, tell somebody, I am more protected. I am more protected. God is interested in your safety and there are divine things he has put in place for you and I to be safe. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do we do this? How do we do this? How can we be strong in the Lord? 
How can we be strong as the scripture says we should be strong and not be weak? He said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do we do this? It's explained in this same scripture we have read. By putting on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. That we may be able to stand. Praise God. Even in the evil day. Paul now goes on to list these six pieces of armor for us. To use to fight the devil. Each piece symbolizes spiritual truth. Each piece symbolizes spiritual truth that protects us in our ministry of authority. Because you see, when we begin to recognize our authority of believers, when we begin to stand in our place, in the place that God has put us, when we begin to stand, when we begin to exercise our authority in Christ, we become marked men and marked women in the kingdom of darkness. Because we become very dangerous to the agenda of the devil. We become dangerous to his cohorts. We become dangerous to his systems. We become dangerous to his strategies. Why? Because we have the whole armor of God. And Satan and his demonic forces don't like it. When we use our God-given authority, when we begin doing the works of Jesus, when we begin to exercise our God-given authority, demons, principalities, and powers don't like it. So we go into their territory. We disrupt their systems. We paralyze their operations. They will do everything they can to stop us. That is why you can see in the whole armor, the, our protection is more than even our attacking device. It's not as if it's stronger than it, no. But God is just showing us you are heavily protected. That's why he himself said, no evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. Why? He has fortified you. He has strengthened you. All you need to do as believers is to put it on. You put it on constantly and consistently. You don't slack in putting on the armor of God because you are in the midst of battle. The devil don't like you. Don't let anybody deceive you that the enemy is your friend. Or if you keep quiet, the enemy will keep quiet about you. No way. Here you have declared war the day you gave your life to Christ. The battle line has been drawn. Are you listening to me today? So we go into the territory of the enemy, we disrupt everything, and he will do everything to stop us. That's why their attacks can seem unrelenting. Praise God. I said this last week. The enemy is unrelenting. Because it seems as if as you are fighting one battle, coming out, he has raised his head blade to fight another one. You are just fighting a battle. It can be an extended family battle. You have just finished fighting. He will bring your local battle to you. One of the children can develop a challenge. You exercise your God-given authority again. As you are fighting that, you have a career battle. As you are fighting that, you, have, you overcome, you gain some ground, you overcome that. Another one shows up. Perhaps it's a financial battle. By the time you are finishing with that, a health battle shows up. It's unrelenting. 
And that's why the Bible commands us, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do you get strong? By putting on the whole armor. Put it on. Put it on. Tell yourself, I'm putting it on. Amen. They attack us in one area. And when they begin to see us that we are gaining ground, they will attack in another area. That's how the enemy operates. But if we just stand firm, I repeat myself, if we just stand firm, the devil has no choice but to bow to the authority of Christ. He has no choice. You just stand. Because you see in verse 13, he says, haven't done all to stand. That is, you have put on the armor, you have done everything, you have put on the word of God. He says, stand therefore. See, haven't done all to stand. What is he saying in verse 14? Verse 14. He says, stand therefore. In verse 13, he says, haven't done all to stand. In verse 14, he says, stand therefore. You have to keep on standing. Your spiritual position in battle is not sitting. It's standing. That is what to do. You stand. And you stand strong. And you are relentless in your standing. Praise this in Christ. If we will refuse to back down regarding who we are in Christ. And we continue to use the authority that God has given unto us. The enemy cannot and can never defeat us. Same thing goes with the epidemic that is going on. The pandemic that is going on. You must, you must, you must not relent. You must stand on the wall. I know for some people now, they have prayed for a while. They have fasted for a while. Even some churches, like the Redeemed Christian Church of God worldwide, fasted 50 days into this new year. Some of you might be wondering, Oh, maybe it's not working. Oh, maybe it's something else we are not doing. Oh, with all the prayers we have prayed before pandemic, even just during this pandemic, uh, if God will hear us, he ought to have heard us. Who told you that God has not heard you? Who told you you have not won the battle? Who told you you don't have the victory? Even before pan the pandemic came up, God has said you are victorious. You will overcome. You have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. So what we are watching is a rehearsal. You have overcome in the name of Jesus. It might not seem as simple as it sounds, but that is the final authority of God's word. Heaven and earth can pass away. Not a jot, not an altar of God's word will pass without being fulfilled. So I see you overcome in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's why we've been encouraging ourselves not to fear their fear. We should not be like people without hope. God has backed us up with his word. And we should be rest assured that the enemy is a defeated foe. I believe strongly. If the Bible says I can do something, I can do it. I'm a strong believer in the word of God being the final authority. If I don't see what the word of God has to say, then maybe I should keep quiet. But once we have the word, and that's why it's described in the whole armor of God as our offensive weapon against the devil is the word of God. 
That is what we used to beat down the enemy. That is what we used to put him in his place under our feet. It's the world. So we were busy in this season locating the world, emphasizing the integrity of the world, speaking the word, declaring the word, saying the word, because at every time the voice of the Lord is being heard. According to Psalm 103 verse 20, it will beat down every manifestation of Assyria. He says, so mightily grew the word that the word of God prevailed. He says the word of God will go. He said he will go. His word. He said, bless him ye his angels that excel in strength and are ready to hearken to the voice of the word of the living God because it's a battle being released even upon the enemy. I always believed what the Bible has told me. Whenever the Bible has told me to do something or tells me to do something, it's just an indication that I can't do it. I can't do it. And I see you do whatever the scripture has said you could do. If you believe that, say amen. For example, the Bible calls you an overcomer. The scripture says you will overcome. I see you overcome this pandemic in the name of Jesus Christ. I see you overcome every stress, every baggage, every uh, economic recess that comes along with this pandemic. I see you overcome everything in the name of Jesus. You will be on top and never be beneath. The same water that drowned the whole world kept Noah's boat floating. I see you float above everything that is putting the whole world down in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. But if we will stand firm, like I was saying, the devil has no choice but to bow to the authority of Christ. If we refuse to back down, Regarding who we are in Christ, we'll continue to use our authority and the enemy cannot and can never defeat us. I want to say a few facts about the weapons of our warfare. A few facts about the weapons of our warfare. The very thought of reigning also carries the thought of ruling and having dominion. If we are called to reign with Christ, we will rule and have dominion with him. Praise God. Jesus has, is lives on the inside of us. So as a result, amen, every other thing that should be under our feet is under our feet. Secondly, number two, most Christians today are not ruling and reigning in life because they haven't been taught to do so. This kind of teaching is not the kind of teaching you find everywhere. That as believers... You have authority. What is what is being taught in everywhere is what is taught in all religious circles. Just cry to God. Cry to God. Crying to God, we will cry to God. Please don't get me wrong. We will always cry to God. But what about if God has asked you to do some things? What about God asking you? It's just like a son coming home from school and saying, Daddy, please pay my school fees. Daddy, please pay my school fees. Daddy, please pay my school fees. And you have paid the school fees over a month ago. So what's the use of the crying? What's the use of the begging? 
Praise God. Praise God. So what I'm trying to tell you is this, that there are certain things God has taken care of. And there are certain things God expects you to take care of. Praise God. Number three, the devil will do everything he can to get you to back down from your authority. Everything he can, he wants to try to make sure you don't understand this kind of message. You don't exercise yourself in this kind of message. That you don't have a clue of what it means to exercise your authority. Because he knows that when, the, when Jesus defeated him at the bottomless pit, I mean, at, 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 in the pit of hell, when he defeated him, the Bible says, according to Revelations, he took the authority, he took the keys of hell. He, key, he, he took the keys, the authority of hell from him. So ever since then, the enemy knows. The Bible says in Colossians 2, 14 and 15, he made a public show of him. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew 28, that authority, all authority he gave to you and I. And he says you should exercise it. Now the devil knows that, well, he has lost his teeth. He knows he has lost the battle. So he doesn't want you to know the rights you have. He doesn't want you to know the privileges you have. He doesn't want you to know the authority you have over him. And that's why the Bible said, put on this whole hammer so that you can stand against his wiles. You can stand against his tricks. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number four, Christians have been equipped with everything they need to overcome the devil. Come on, can you say amen to that? You are equipped with everything you need to overcome the devil. Everything. The word, the blood, the authority, his name, everything you need. The whole armor of God he has given to you. The devil is a defeated fool. Nothing much. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Number five. In Ephesians chapter 6, the shield of faith is the covering for the body and it represents our complete safety under the blood of Christ. That's the shield of faith. It's our complete covering. That's why you must always have faith. He calls it the shield of faith. What is faith? Acting on God's word. So every time I act on God's word, I have a covering over my body. Under the blood, I have a covering. I have a covering. Come on, somebody say it out there. I am covered. I am covered. Praise God. We are covered. Amen. Number six, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is our only offensive weapon. I'm talking about facts, about our weapons. As we exercise this believer's authority. The word of God, everybody say the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, is the only offensive weapon. That's what we use to put the devil where he belongs, attack him back. Praise God. He's attacking the world with this virus. You attack him back with the word of God. Praise God. The element of salvation refers to the hope of salvation. Number eight, our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. This is faithful ministry of proclaiming the word of God like never before. Do you know that we should not just sit at home and cross our legs? This is the time people need the gospel. Thank God for what some people are doing. 
sending emails of the gospel out, sending email of the good news. This is a time to get your cousins, your uncles, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, colleagues at work. This is the time to, they had no time before. Now everybody is looking for time for fellowship. This is the time you can preach the gospel to them. Target preaching the gospel to a soul a day in this period. People you know that are not saved, make their list and start preaching the gospel to them. At least sow the seed of God's word. Amen. The garden of truth represents, that's number nine, the garden of truth. It, it represents our clear understanding of God's word. Clear understanding of God's word. You should put God's word round about your life. Praise God. It puts everything together. Your breast plate that protects your organs. Praise God. It puts it together for you. That's the truth of God's word. And number 10, the breastplate of righteousness is a twofold application. Jesus is our righteousness. Hallelujah. There's no other righteousness. We can't improve on the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus has become our righteousness. We are not righteous because of what we have done or what we haven't done. We are righteous because of his righteousness. And by faith, we tap on that righteousness as our righteousness. And we put him first. It also shows our obedience to the word. That's another form of righteousness when we are obeying the word. But the first righteousness is his righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now quickly, the second part of what I want to share with you tonight is the fact that you need to be conscious of the fact that God is in you. The first part is weapons of our warfare. I've talked about you putting on the whole armor of God. Praise God. But also, the ultimate weapon you have is God in you. The consciousness of God living on the inside of you. One of the most tremendous facts and not theories of God's word is our being born again. Is that we are born again. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, any man in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. We have been made new creations in Christ Jesus. God recreated our human spirit when we got saved, we became brand new. Hallelujah. And this gave us access into his presence. We are sons and daughters of God and we can come boldly to his throne of grace according to Hebrews 4.16. We can come boldly. We have access to the throne of God. We can come boldly. Hallelujah. Now, this is, this is really powerful. You have to know this, that when you became a new creation in Christ Jesus, when you became born again, something happened. There was a new nature that was created in you. 
And this nature gives you access to the very throne room of God. God sent Jesus also as a reincarnation. He sent Jesus and Jesus who came to save the world was God and also man at the same time. Praise God. Jesus, you can say, was a divine human being. And something happened. When we became born again, when we became children of God, the life of God came on the inside of us. We lived in the realm of humanity. But when we became born again, we became of God. Hallelujah. Because he created us in his image and his likeness. We became carriers of God on the inside, on the earth. In essence, we also became human divine beings. Jesus Christ was a divine being. But when also, because the very life that was in Christ became our own lives also. Hallelujah. The very life that was in Christ, the Zoe, the very life of God, the life that was on the inside of God when he created, because he himself is life. That same life He deposited on the inside of us when we became new creation. <laughs> that is the game changer, ladies and gentlemen. The mere fact that God lives on our inside. The reality of this truth, this concept is so important that it's not only for you to know it, it's to live and walk in the consciousness of it. That is what changes the game. Many people have the life of God inside of them, but they are not living in the consciousness of that life. That they are a different species. That they are a different... Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. That we are on a different species. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. No wonder John wrote... In 1 John 4, 4, he said, ye are of God, little children. 1 John 4, 4. In both the Old and New Testament, this, I mean, there always used to be long genealogies, you know, this begat this, that begat that, and so on and so forth. But in Christ Jesus Christ, in Jesus, there are no need, there's no more necessity for, for, for long genealogies. In Christ Jesus, you can just say, I am of God. I am of God, settles it. Praise God. First John 4, 4, the apostle went on to say, we have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Notice, we have overcome them. Who are the them that is referring to? That's in First John 4, 1 to 3. It's referring to principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. The spiritual wickedness in our places. The answer is found in those three verses. It says we have overcome all demonic powers. All demonic powers. Including the power of coronavirus. We have overcome. I want this to sink in your heart. You have overcome. 
that's not only the thing you have overcome. Diseases, sicknesses, when cancer comes, that is why cancer is not permitted. Why? Because he lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of you. Any form of sickness is not permitted unless you permit it. Why is it not permitted? Because greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. We have overcome the devil. Let it sink on the inside of you. You have overcome the devil. Say it like you mean it. I have overcome the devil. Say it again. I have overcome the devil. That means you don't have to ask God to help us to get victory over the devil. Victory already belongs to us in Christ Jesus. Woo! Glory be to God. Victory is already yours. Not that we are claiming credit for it. No, he did it. He did it over 2,000 years ago on the cross. Victory is already ours. It's been purchased. And that's why God lives on the inside. If that victory was not won, God would not be living on the inside. So the living of God on my inside is a testimony and a testament to the fact that I am already victorious. <laughs> Glory be to God. I hope you are getting this wherever you are. Because this is what would give that foul spirit of infirmity thousands of meters radius from the world dwelling place. It's not permitted because God lives on the inside of you. We have overcome not because of how rich or how poor we are. We have overcome not because of how pretty or how handsome we are. We have overcome not because of our family pedigree. That's not why we have overcome. We are victorious because the greater one lives on the inside of us. Can I hear your amen? If God is in us, then his ability, what he can do is also in us. And since he's in us, his nature is in us. Since he's in us, his love is in us. Since he's in us, his power is in us. Since he's in us, his strength is in us. All that he is, is in us. Glory be to God. And this is why I'm saying this is important. Because you have to live in the consciousness of this truth every day of your life. You must live in it. You must live in it. Oh, what if I don't feel like? Then act like. Because the Bible is true. <laughs> Glory be to God. His ability, his nature, his love, his wisdom, his strength is in us. That is why you can't be weak. That is why you can't be feeble. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But I don't feel like it's in me. But the Bible says it's in you. Let God be true and let every other thing be a liar. To take advantage of what already belongs to us, we should say over and over every day that God is in me. I'm teaching you how to get to the consciousness of this. You must say it every time. You must speak it every time. You must say it every time. You must speak it every time. Every time, every day, every hour, you must say it until the consciousness has done on you that God lives on the inside of you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people feel that this saying is sacrilegious. But the scripture tells us this is so. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. Let's quickly go there. 2 Corinthians 6, 6, 16. Open your scriptures at home. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. If you are writing, write it down. He says, ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said. Who said it? God. I didn't put myself in this situation. I didn't put myself in this circumstances. My creator said it concerning me. He said, I am the temple of a living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So who said he's going to live on the inside of me? God. See, he's not fabricated. God said it. Excuse me, does he mean what he says? Does he say what he means? Then it's left to me to believe and act on the world. That is what releases that power when I believe. The Bible says, when I believe, therefore we speak. Hallelujah. So when I speak, when I act on it, the power is released. Every day. Not that I do it this year and I forget it next year. Every moment. I must not slip out of this reality. I must not slip out of this truth. I must stand on it day and night. I wake up on the in, in the night, God is in me. I wake up in the morning, God is in me. I'm going on the streets, God is in me. I'm going to, I'm traveling, God is in with me. I'm going on the road, God is in me. I'm going in the air, God is in me. I'm going anywhere in the middle of the night, God is in me. I'm feeling symptoms of sickness, hey, 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 wait there, God is is in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So whenever we face what looks like an impossible situation, we simply need to say, God is in me. God's ability is in me. God's strength is mine. God's health is mine. God's success is mine. I'm a winner. I'm a conqueror. I'm a success. That's what you do. Anytime we are passing through any stuff, sickness can be internal. That's your body. The same thing, God is in me. You can be facing something external. It's not in your body. It's external to your body. Circumstances and situations, you can name them. See lots of circumstances outside there. Economic challenge, financial challenge, all those are external to your body. Whatever it is, God can face them both. And with this same God is where? He's in you. Come on, say it and make your children say it at home. God is in me. God is in me. God in us. It's a deep revelation. It's something we need to stick to. So many times in the Christian dons, believers have thought, if I can give up this or that and become really spiritual, then maybe I have arrived. 
But it's not a matter of giving up something or the other. It's a matter of taking what has already belongs to us. This is yours. All the benefits of redemption are yours to enjoy. This is part of your redemption package for God to come and live in you. It's part of the package. Praise the Lord. It's yours to enjoy. Come on, say it. It's mine to enjoy. The promises of God belong to us because of redemption, not because of any sacrifice we make. It's because of his own sacrifice. That's why it belongs to us. It is ours. It's acting on God's work. It's because of what Jesus did. Let's get a picture of who we are in Christ and start ruling and reigning over evil spirits, demons, sicknesses, diseases, and anything else that tries to defeat us. Let's get this picture in mind. Praise God. I said praise God. It's a God-given right to reign over them. Don't ever forget that. It's your God-given right. Say it. It's my God-given right to reign over principalities, over powers, over sickness, over disease, over sicknesses. It's your God-given right. Exercise your right. They shouldn't dominate us. We are the ones to dominate them, including coronavirus, COVID-19. We are to dominate. And that's why I'm saying once again, over the region of Niagara, over the city of St. Catharines, over the province of Ontario, over the nation of Canada, over the nations of the world, coronavirus, hear ye the word of the Lord, out of this cosmos, out of this world, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When the devil raises his head against us, he's not coming against us. He's coming against God. That's how we should think. When the devil raises his ugly head, say, you, you are too small. Against the king of glory? Don't you know your story? You tell him his past. How he was the angel of Eputo. How he was the best of the best, the creation of God, fearfully, wonderfully made. That was his past until iniquity was found in him. You tell him his present. His present is that he's under your feet. And there is nothing he can do. Why? Not because of your righteousness, not because of what you have done or what you have not done, but, but what Christ has done. That the devil has no power over your life, nor anything that concerns you. Then you tell him about his future. He's going to end in the bottomless pit. His future is going to be destroyed. The best, the nostril of my Lord Jesus is going to disconsume him. That's his future. Praise God. So let me tell you this again. They shouldn't dominate us. We should dominate them. When the devil raises his head against us, he's not coming against us, but he's against God. Can God be conquered? I want to ask you that question. It's impossible. Absolutely not. Since we are joined with the Lord as one spirit, there is no power, there is no power on earth that can conquer us. No power. Because you
because we are joined with God. My spirit is joined with the spirit of God. And it lives on the inside of me. No power has been born. This is why we are able to reign victoriously in life. I repeat, this is why we are able to reign victoriously in Christ. This brings me to the end of this part six teaching. I hope you have been blessed. I hope God has given you a word in season like apple of gold in the picture of silver. Today, we learned about a lot of things, the weapons of our warfare. Please put it on always because those are things God has given you to overcome. He has given you safety. Praise God. Hallelujah. He has given you safety. He has given you protection. Five of those weapons are to protect you. The element of salvation is to protect. Feet short with the preparation of the gospel. Best plate of righteousness. The belt of truth. All those things. The shield of faith. Five of them. They are to defend, protect, keep you in safety. But the sixth one, the sixth one, which is the sword of the spirit, is the offensive one. And then we move to the fact, lay the foundation that God is in us. Don't ever forget that. That's one of the most powerful things you should learn as a believer. God in you, it changes the game. It changes everything. That God is on the inside of you and you are conscious of the fact that God is on the inside of you. You live in that consciousness every minute, every day of your life. You face your challenges, situations, circumstances, sicknesses, diseases with this revelation of God on the inside of you. Second Corinthians 6, he said, I, I have said I will dwell in them. I will live in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Wow. Live in that consciousness and put the devil where he belongs. Rise up on your feet wherever you are in your homes. Just lift up your hands to heaven and worship the Lord. Worship him. Give him praise for giving you an opportunity like this to listen to this kind of teaching, to listen to this kind of word, that the word that exercises, challenges you to stand on the believer's authority. Come on, speak to God right now. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you the glory. We thank you. We give you the praise. We thank you for helping us understand that the devil belongs underneath our feet. Thank you for helping us to know that we Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.